Hello, everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we will be discussing Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. Ooh. This is Colin's Um, pick. So, yeah, this is is one of my picks. Um, I picked it because... Uh, like with all the other selections I made, this is a movie by a director I like that I have never seen before. I don't know how I missed this one, but I just like totally missed this one. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I remember, I'll start with my ranking of Taika films, uh, and then we can talk a little bit more about Taika and then we can move into the movie, but, um. I feel like I'm gonna hate your ranking. (laughs) I don't think so. Well, okay. To be fair, I still haven't seen one of his movies, and he's only made a total of six. So, like, I will Just be ranking five us. of them. <laughs> All right. Number one, hunt, hunt for the Wilder People. Number two, Jojo Rabbit. Number three, Thor Ragnarok. Number four, What We Do in the Shadows. Number five, Boy. <laughs> oh! I would. Boy would be my number five, too, for sure. <laughs> just to get that out of the way oh. so that tyranny knows yeah, I was gonna say, our so. rankings would not be that much different i think what we do in the shadows would probably re- replace jojo rabbit honestly for me yeah um, but i think it would go in the same order of hunt for the wilder people thor or actually hunt for the wilder people thor what we do in the shadows uh uh jojo, jojo rabbit. rabbit boy mine would what's go... the one we're missing eagle versus shark yeah oh i've seen that I would put that below boy. <laughs> but I, would, I do love Eagle vs. Shark. I, was I, would put, I would put boy as number one. <laughs> Crazy. You're insane. <laughs> I don't understand. That is like one of the most, like, that movie. Okay, to be honest, I watched What We Do in the Shadows, and then I was like, fuck, I gotta watch the best Taika movie there is. So I watched boy, and that movie pulls the rug out of you, out from under you, in the same way that Jojo Rabbit does. And it is so beautiful. So I would pick that for my number one, followed by Hunt for the Wilder People, followed by probably a tie between Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, followed by What We Do in the Shadows, and then Eagle vs. Shark. Yeah, so I, it's also fair. I do want to like put a disclaimer. Uh, well, first, for context, uh, Boy was one of Tierney's selections for our first uh, film festival that we had uh, when we were all living together. So that was when I saw that movie. Um, and I do want to clarify, like, by definition, a ranking has to have a last place. But I did really like, I do like Boy a lot. Like, it is a very good movie. Um, it is I a just... perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it a lot. It just, I didn't connect to it as much as I've connected to some of other Taika's, some of Taika's other movies. Um but I will say, I think what we do in the shadows, I think, is really interesting because most of what I love about Taika is the way he's able to perfectly blend, like, the humor and the heart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what you were talking about with Boy. Um, but what we do in the shadows is really just funny. Like, it's, it's a very, very funny movie, but there's not a lot of, like, that, like, emotional component to it it's just like funny silly we're gonna have a really good time hanging out with these weird characters for an hour and a half Um, which is not a bad thing but i would say that it does have heart in it and i think that viago's like opening 
thing sets the tone of him just being this like sweetheart vampire no, 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 yeah, I understand, like, it definitely does have heart, like, I'm not saying that it's, like, heartless, I'm just saying, like, in comparison to his other films, like, I think that's a much smaller component of this movie, like, mm-hmm. the, I would say, like, a lot of his other movies feel like they're, like, a 50-50 split between, like, silly, funny comedy and, like, really effective emotional moments, whereas this feels like it's much more, like, 80-20, um, like, we're really focusing on the humor component of it, and, like, the, the heart is just, like, a very small component for a couple of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, is not a bad thing. And also, when the movie is as funny as this movie is, like, who fucking cares? Because this movie's hilarious. And, um, but yeah, so I, like I said, I, I think by nature of ranking, something has to be at the bottom. Um, so the fact that Boy and What We Do in the Shadows are towards the bottom on my list does not necessarily mean that I think any, any less of them. It's just... I like the other ones more, but anyway, so that's, those are my initial thoughts on, on this one. What do you guys, I mean, we, uh, we know Toonie's already upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be Chomping okay, at guys. the bit. I'll be okay, I'll be uh, okay. I saw this movie for the first time at Music Box in Chicago, um, and I think this is my fifth time watching it, at least fourth, but I think fifth, um, and I find it just as funny every time. Uh, which is to say, I think the character arcs are there, and I think all of them actually have pretty fun, separate, unique character arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also agree. It's not like you don't get the heartbreak moments of Boy or uh, Jojo Rabbit or even Hunt for the Wilder People. I think there's like a lot of really tender moments in Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, that, yeah. Um, yeah, that amp up how sweet the whole movie is. Um, but this felt much closer to, like, Thor, where you're painting with such a known canvas of, like, you know the elements of vampires, werewolves, the undead, and so now, like, what is that put into a very mundane, ordinary kind of world? And, like, I think Thor is similar in, like, you know Thor and you know the Avengers, but what if, like, the dialogue was just these like dummies all trying to figure out like how to run these planets like n- nobody really knows what they're doing in any Taika Waititi movie and I think Thor and what we do in the shadows is like putting these formidable uh, archetypes and then making them very weak and ineffective and funny uh, but yeah I love this movie I haven't watched any of the TV show uh, besides like I think one or two episodes um, but I want to watch the TV series now because it is in the same world as the movie. Uh, so I want to see these characters again. Yeah. Um, apparently this, like, so from what I gathered, the first season was just like good. And the second season was like phenomenal. So I'm excited to, to dive into that world, um, soon, hopefully. I think they're all on Hulu, so I'll check those out. They are. Have you watched your thoughts? Um, I've watched a couple episodes, yeah. Nice. Uh, so, what do I have here? So, this movie, I think, comes on really strong. Like, the montage in the beginning is great, and Viago is so sweet and endearing, and I think he sets the tone for the movie. Um, with, like, his intro to... Which, 
as a side note, the fact that this was funded by the New Zealand Documentary Film Board is fantastic. <laughs> is it really? I was going to say, actually... I, didn't, I didn't know if that was true or not. I thought that, that was just like a, an in-joke in the movie. So. That's what I wrote down, because I thought it was an in-joke too. But if it was actually funded, I think that's very funny. Well, it's in the, I assume so, because it's in the opening credits where you'd normally just have the New Zealand Film Commission, and then it's again in the credits at the end. Yeah. So I assume huh. they they were funding it. Um uh yeah, so I hadn't seen this in a long a fair bit of time and one thing that I thought was interesting in this revisiting is that this came out in 2014 and uh there's there's a lot of I just forgot how to speak there for a second. <laughs> there's a lot of uh New Zealand comedians who have gone on to do other things. Uh for example, uh, the Deacon's human math. What are they called? I'm. Oh, uh, familiar. Yeah, familiar. Deacon's That's familiar. Jackie, she, and then one of the vampires that they meet in Wellington on the street went on to make mm-hmm. a movie called The Breaker Uppers, which is I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and then Cura, Cura Forrester, which I'm probably mispronouncing this. Uh, she is the she's a comedian, and she's the one that. Uh, Taika bites into her neck and it's like a jet that comes out. Um, One of my favorite scenes. It really is. She, what does she think of like studying abroad? And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah just... I like saved a lot of money so I'm like going to travel to Europe and Asia. And, and all the while he's just like casually walking around her putting newspaper <laughs> on the floor. Just like, just like, oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> just like... And he looks so guilty. The best part is how sad he looks. <laughs> and then he just goes, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like him trying to drink from it is just like. <laughs> yeah. So funny. And she sells it too of just being this like very normal, like relatable girl that you're like, oh, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which. That, so that amount of blood doesn't bother me, but it's specifically when Nick is vomiting blood was like, oh, oh yeah, very upsetting to me. And then from then on, anytime I saw blood, I was like, oh, <laughs> um, just in this watching, which was weird. Um, oh, and then the other thing is since after I saw this, I watched Boy, I realized that Stu is in Boy and he's the guard that Taika wastes with a spoon. Um, after he escapes from prison by taking himself out. Very fucked. He slices him. Uh, when, like, Stu was first introduced, I was like, who's this guy, and why isn't it Reese Darby? And then <laughs> ten, minutes into, ten minutes later, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I get it yeah. now. <laughs> Reese Darby has a more important role to play. And also, this the evolution of Stu <clears throat> in this movie is maybe one of the best parts of just, like, Stu's arc from uh, I think they ended up using him as inspiration for in the TV show uh, there are uh, energy vampires mm-hmm. and so there, there are people that just suck you dry of your energy because they're so boring <laughs> um, and it feels like the early version of Stu is basically that just this kind of like void of he just doesn't have like anything interesting going on about him and then slowly they all start to love him, and slowly he does become one of the most interesting characters, which I think is like an incredible arc for a side character 
and everyone just loves Stu so much, and it's very funny. <laughs> I also love that everyone keeps being like, he's so red. <laughs> And he really, his skin is, like, translucent. <laughs> I mean, I have, like, a similar problem in the wintertime. My skin gets very pink. But, like, they're all just, like, it's so, like, red. Like, I feel like he would taste so good. He is a virgin! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a software engineer. I take uh, what people want and I process it. He's a virgin! <laughs> I love him introducing technology to them. I I thought that was, like, a really interesting, like, spin on this, is that, like, all of them have been, like, around for hundreds of years, but they don't seem to have been paying any attention to, like, what what (laughs) in the world has changed over that 100 years. So, like, when he just, like, when Stu just, like, teaches them, like, here's what a computer is, they're like, what? (laughs) Like, which is, it's, like, it's so crazy to me. I would think that, like... You know, if we were immortal, we probably would at least be, like, aware of what was happening, <laughs> but, but they just clearly don't. Except for when they, like, go out into the world. I don't know. It's it's. I thought that was, like, a really weird, like, dichotomy that was, like, really funny, but also didn't make a ton of sense. Which, whatever. I a lot of this movie doesn't make sense. only awake during the nighttime, you're not getting a huge exposure to technological I guess developments. that's probably true. Yeah. And you probably can't buy anything because everything's closed. Yeah. True. You can't even online shop if you don't have a computer. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, do you want to see pictures of virgins? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the videos of Sunrise. Yeah. That was really... such a funny... (laughs) That was really cute. (laughs) They were, like, just watching a video, like a YouTube video of a sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) And Deacon doing it when he's sad. <laughs> he is sad, or I is he that, mad? I don't remember. Uh, I think he's he's both. Yeah, I think something I picked up this time that I didn't last time is that he, like, so Viago's uh, plot line is that he wants to be with this woman, but then he wasn't able to be because he went to the wrong place. Um, <laughs> his his coffin got mailed to the wrong place because his <laughs> secretary put the wrong address. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so funny. Uh, And then, like, uh, uh, Vlad's is the beast, but, like, he hates this beast and, like, has to confront that. But Deacon's is is more like uh, he's afraid of being replaced or, like, he doesn't like that Nick is also Peter's, uh, like, victim Mm -hmm. that became a vampire. So, like, not only is he now officially the youngest... But also, he took Peter's, like, mentorship role over him. And so, like, that's an interesting arc to have him, like, feel, like, pushed aside. Uh, but, yeah, he's sad and mad, I think. are He's both of those things. Yeah. Which is fun. I do love that uh, sequence where, where Viago's like, I came to this country for love. And then he tries to put on the silver, and it burns, but he keeps trying. Oh. It's like, no! <laughs> Yeah, that's about as long as I can wear that for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's... Viago is so uh, sweet and good. Wakey, wakey! Okay, <laughs> Peter. Or when... Oh, the really sad one is when he, like, closes the curtains, and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Do you want to get burnt to a crisp? 
Mm-hmm. It's almost sunrise. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, he just Bianca. cares for them all. <clears throat> he's the one who... He's the leader of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, when they do the float fight, when they, like, <laughs> fight each other and levitate, but then they land, and they're, like, not exactly on the floor, so they have to, like, crawl down from the kitchen table or, like look at where their feet are gonna land because like they're just on strings but they're like oh (laughs) it's so funny of just like viago's knee on the table and he like slides off to land (laughs) oh i found that very funny anytime they fly really was float flew um one thing that we talked about i don't know if you guys are gonna we're gonna say something there but we talked about this before my my audio cut out of uh this being one of the two movies that rachel house is not in and i colin is like why are you bringing this up again it's not worth no, it no but no but no, no i think it's worth it. okay i've told i think i've told mm. matt this but i think she's one of the best comedic actresses currently doing movies at the moment Matt's face is like what the fuck but think about it's it it's just a bold claim but she's good but I she's agree never that she's been good. not good in anything so to be fair I've only seen her in excuse me in Taika movies mm. so like I haven't seen a lot of her oh shit you're right I forgot about that but also like Moana like how are like gonna... an animated film hardly counts <laughs> right like, you're not like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson did such a great job in Moana. You're like, he did what he needed to do because it's a voice role, and they animated around a voice, so. How dare you? In that regard. <laughs> I would just say Moana it doesn't really count as, like, a, a full-blown... I think she's great in Moana, well, that, but that's as what a, I was gonna a say, comedic like, role... I don't, I don't have enough, like, Rachel House <laughs> exposure to, like, fully get on your level that she's the best one working... But I will say, every time she's in a movie, she's one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah. Like, I love Hunt for the Wilder People. And she, like, her character in that movie is one of the main reasons I love that movie. It's just so funny and so ridiculous. And she's 100% bought in on the joke. <laughs> You're just like, yep, I'll go on this ride with you. <laughs> like, and in Thor. She's so good in Thor. <laughs> my And my argument would be, are those different enough characters to say that she's the best comedic actress? Or is she very good at playing that type of stern and very committed, but, it, but about entirely things that don't matter in multiple movies? I think she's the best at that, but I haven't seen her in enough things to know that she has a range besides I'm just stern and hilarious. Other than... Kate McKinnon, she is like... Who I would, yeah. Who She is one of, I guess, two people who the second you see them on screen, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. Yep. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what's about to happen, but I know that I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. I think she's one of the most exciting comedians to see on screen. I don't know if she's one of the... If she's the best one on the scene right now, just because there's many comedians out there. Uh, but I do think every time I've seen her, she's been great. And every time you see her pop up, you know that she's going to be very fun to watch. She... And her eyebrows are just great. Like, all of it is just eyebrows. And, like, uh, narrowing of the eyes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so handing quick... me the melt stick? <laughs> <laughs> quick sidebar. Uh, I just pulled her up on Wikipedia. Um, her Wikipedia picture is her smiling and it's very bizarre because like she's usually just like very stern um also she it looks like she's gonna be she's in one of taika's next movies yes so taika has like four movies that are like tba on his wikipedia page so i don't know necessarily know if this is going to be his like actual next movie that gets released but um she is in that i just love her so much (laughs) yes something to look forward to i forgot Um, she's in whale rider too oh i haven't seen whale rider it's it's pretty good we had to read it for for school and then we watched the movie because that's what you do in high school you read the book and then you watch the movie because that's how (laughs) high school works in american education (laughs) um Anyway. At least you read it first instead of everyone else who watched the movie first and then didn't read the book. I was going to say, or like was was supposed to read the book and just re- re- watch the movie instead. <laughs> yeah. like, well, I got what I needed to get. <laughs> I have a note on here that just says vomiting blood to Paul Simon. Is the Paul Simon song playing when he's vomiting blood? I don't think I, so. I definitely don't remember. I, don't <laughs> I could imagine it cuts away from that. But. Oh, oh no no no! It's a it's an instrumental piece of of uh, Simon and Garfunkel. It's El Condor. Well, I'd say I guess a traditional traditional song, but it's El Condor Pasa, and it's like I'd rather be a father. Why am I singing on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny. Nick vomiting blood because he ate chips. Uh, and gets mad. He's like, that's my favorite food, and I can't even eat my favorite food anymore. Uh, <laughs> Nick is the worst. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, kind of the best. Yeah. He introduces everyone to Stu, but he is the worst. God bless Stu. He's, but he, like, I feel like that characterization is so perfect. Like, some idiot, like, you know, 20-ish year old turns into a vampire would absolutely be the one who's just walking around being like, yo, I'm a vampire, what up? Like, yeah. it's, like that checks out so perfectly that you're like, okay, like, I hate yeah. you, but also, you know, you, good on you for, for being you. <laughs> like, it's also not clear if this world knows about all of them, because yeah. there's, like, vampire hunters out there yeah. who are willing to announce that they're vampire hunters, and then the ball that they go to is just at, like, a hall? Like, it's just yeah. a rented building, like, <laughs> common space? Which is also, like, wh- how does no one see werewolves and vampires? Or, if they do, it seems like they're all just, like, okay with it. I think that's probably actually what I get hung up on the most with this movie, is that it's so grounded in reality, but doesn't, is never explained. <laughs> And yeah, so I just yeah. have a lot of questions, and it's something that I should probably just be able to like let go of. <laughs> I think it's like any mockumentary where you're like, how much of this could happen? I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but like, uh, mockumentaries always feel like, uh, too, like they, I don't know, focus on the subject so much that you like don't understand how this movie could be being made among other people and no one has a problem with it 
but this case it's <clears throat> vampires. So then you're like, well, this seems. I think strange. the thing that I get hung up on is the fact that they need to eat someone every day. And yeah. how is there not like a population problem or like I, I was right. missing in New Zealand? Persons? Yeah, that's like. I think it's fun that it's it's set in New Zealand, just because like that's such, like such a weird like twist on like vampire lore. You know, like vampires are historically thought of as being like a European thing, um, and then obviously like with Twilight, it's like oh maybe they're in the Pacific Northwest too. But like I thought. Like, having it set in New Zealand is fun, but yeah, if they're just, like, literally murdering people, like, I, I don't know what the population of Wellington is, but, like, presumably if they're just killing somebody every, like, if all four of them are killing somebody every day, like, somebody would probably notice, right? Like, and there's, like, other <laughs> undead people. Like, right, other yeah. Other vampires right. and other, to where I was like, how do they not have, like, a huge population problem? <laughs> It would be really yeah, cool. Is, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it is uh, questionable, especially since they acknowledge that they're in a small area, that, like, the same person, Jackie, who keeps recruiting these people <laughs> who, from, like, her distant past, and, like, none of them are questioned of, like, why they go missing or where they went. I guess, yeah, what were you going to say, Tierney? Uh, oh, sorry, Colin. Well, ah! Uh, I, I was, was just going to say, uh, like, one uh, other quick thing. <clears throat> the fact that they, like, can hypnotize, mm. like, kind of, oh, you sure. know, because, like, we do get that sequence where the cops come in and, like, see all the crazy shit, but they've <laughs> hypnotized them so that they don't, like, actually see, like, the dead vampire hunter on the ground or, like, the dead vampire. <laughs> like, um, the I guess that, barbecue. like, kind of... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That kind of explains a little bit. Like, maybe they just, like, keep doing, like, anytime something comes up. But it is a little weird. Anyway, Tierney. Sorry. I was just going to say, they should have had a vampire that works in a hospital or a blood bank. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's in a lot of other vampire fiction. Is oh. like See, I don't know enough. Blo- <laughs> <laughs> only, only because vampires in general, there are so many questions. Because they're so weak. They have so many weaknesses. But they're also immortal, and they need blood all the time. So then it's like, I mean, how how can this realistically exist in the world? And I think a lot of newer vampire fiction is like, a blood bank. I don't know. Somebody gives them a bunch of blood all the time. <laughs> can we stop talking about it? Like, they always... I feel like vampire movies are at the point where they're trying to answer all the questions. They'd be like, and then they fuck. And that's really what we want to talk about, is these vampires fucky. <laughs> Have any of you seen or read the Twilight <clears throat> series? I've seen the first movie. Yeah. God, they're so bad. I they're only saw so the bad. first. I did, regrettably, read the books. and All four oh. of them? I think so. Uh, I was they're pretty, terrible, aren't they? They're aren't so they just bad. Like, <laughs> they're so like bad. Like, horrendously <laughs> written books? And like, like, outside of, like, the pro- the plot problems? It's just yeah, like, pun- isn't she like just a really bad author? Problems, spelling. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But, I don't know. Really? Yeah. To where you're like, these weren't even edited. Yikes. <laughs> With, like, a oh spell check. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, no, I did that in, like, a week in college. I was pretty bored. And someone had them, so I was just like, no, I'll read them. Here we are. Um, 
I will say, I will say that, that, that this week. Oh, oh. What will you both say? This week I watched a movie with Edward. Nope. Robert Pattinson. And I <laughs> <laughs> almost called him Edward Pattinson. Edward. <laughs> nope. Uh, for the first time since Twilight, because it like ruined oh. him. What? Okay, first of all, what movie did you watch? Good time. Oh fuck yes, that movie yeah. is so good. Second of all, how so have good. you not watched anything that he's been in since those movies? Because I don't. He's like been in him. so many things, and he's, he's so, so good. good. He's so good now. Yeah, well, you know, he, I was still thinking of the vampire, and I was not because the only things I've seen him in are is the one Twilight movie and Harry Potter, and he was the pretty one bad Harry Potter movie. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you gotta give him. You gotta give modern, modern Rob a chance because he also is in the rover which was originally going to be one of my picks um and the reason i picked it was because robert pattinson is so good in it and i was like oh he more people need to see his good stuff well it's He's like he the lighthouse went, i know and like yeah he yeah. went hard against like studio filmmaking like, after Twilight ended, he was just like, I'm not going to do anything like that. So he, like, I don't know if he was, like, purposefully... There was, like, a huge um, piece on him, I think, in GQ recently that I had never got around to reading. But, um, so I don't know if he, like, actively was choosing the weirdest shit just because it was so opposite of what he had been doing. But, like, there's a stretch in, like, the late 2010s where he's, like, exclusively doing really <clears throat> interesting and really good work in indie film so i i do get the like desire to run away from twilight (laughs) or run away from him because of twilight but i will say you should try and get back in the robert pattinson train because he's also really good yeah apparently his commentary on twilight uh only only guarantees that he hated the experience of working on Twilight. Because <laughs> yeah. the entire commentary, he's like, what am I doing? I don't know what this line meant. I don't know what this is. Oh, uh, yeah, that, I, this is the first take, and I didn't know what I was doing. Like, that's the whole commentary, is him just like, oh my god, this movie's terrible. This is so bad. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing, and he's gonna be Batman, so you gotta give props to a Batman. Well, and he's also in the new Nolan movie that may or may not be coming out in a month. <laughs> Oh shit! You're right. He's in Tenant. He's in Tenant, everybody's favorite movie about rental David properties. David Tennant. Oh, about <laughs> David. Ten- yeah. Because I watched well, that. Well, David Tennant is also in this movie. Is uh, he? He's the, the. No. Okay. Well, I just got very excited. <laughs> oh, no, but uh, <laughs> isn't Michael Caine in it again? Isn't he? Isn't. No. Michael Caine's still alive, Tierney. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Oh, Tierney, like, casually, like, wait, but no? And Matt being like, god damn you, Tierney, show some Everyone fucking, would know if Michael Caine was dead. <laughs> Ian Holm just died, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um... We're getting real far from the yeah. shadows. <laughs> to, Where are we? How did we get here? To slowly to bring make, us back. Make a joke about Alien, and then I was like, that doesn't seem like it should fit here. Uh, I, what I was going to say earlier is that this is definitely the best like modern vampire thing that I've seen. Which, like, 
low bar when we're comparing to like the Twilight series, but still, like this is very good and fun and interesting. Oh, what do you say it, Tierney? <laughs> Tierney's just laughing over there. <clears throat> I just well <clears throat> the tangent the audience won't get it because we had I had made this joke previously, <laughs> but my audio cut out. <laughs> is that (laughs) we started talking about other vampires that 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 the show references and one of them was was it nasturatu oh god this is going so badly we could have done this anyway and this is the worst entry is for you the one who didn't know the vampire types to reintroduce no, because I just a was, name like Nosferatu was overwhelmed. Oh my there, god! Laughing, thinking that Zachary Quinto goes to Chipotle. How? <laughs> <laughs> at this point thank you so much that was the hardest i've laughed in months (laughs) holy shit um and for those of you who can't see what's happening right now matt just has a look of extreme (laughs) disgust on his face this conversation has derailed so many times well this train is like in the desert, just like no rails whatsoever. Oh, just plowing through unknown territory. Living, oh. we don't live enough. The if, reference if it's on Snowpiercer, that train, they're living off into pieces. Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody even heard the part about Zachary Kinto. Like this joke has no foundation. It's just a, car- a person. I was going to say, for, for the record, uh, before Tierney's audio cut out, uh, we had a bit going <laughs> where, where Tierney had this like super elaborate setup to get to the punchline. Do you think Zachary Kinto's friends refer to him as Kinto Bean? <laughs> yeah. Which... And Matt hated it then. <laughs> so naturally, it I'm turns bringing out, it up again. He hasn't come around on the joke in the last 20 minutes. He still hates it. It's just a sound alike. That's the whole joke. It's just a sound alike. Zachary Kinto has no relationship to Beans or Chipotle. We don't know who his friends are. He probably has friends. 
I hope. <laughs> if I was his friend, I'd call him Kinto Bean. And then you wouldn't be his friend for long, I think, maybe. Or he'd be like, I've always wanted someone to call me that. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting Since so long. Since the first time I went to Chipotle, I've been waiting for a friend who will call me Kinto Bean. And I leaned over the glass divider at the Chipotle employee and went, hey, how about some Kinto beans? And they just said, what? Because I'm Zachary Kinto. Excuse me, sir, they're actually called Pinto Beans? No, but I'm Kinto. My last name sounds like the Beans name. Just gets out his driver's license. See? Zachary Kinto. Make it rhyme. Give me my Kinto Beans, please. I'm Kinto Bean. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. So, okay. I didn't realize we did miss that uh, discussion as well of the different types of vampires. Mm -hmm. Uh... But that is, I think that's one of the interesting things that the movie does is, like, Peter is, like, a Nosferatu uh, vampire. Nosferatu being an AMC series starring Zachary Kinto, which is how we got there. Oh, wow. But tell us who the other ones are, because I didn't know, and I'm sure other people don't either. Uh, so, like, they they describe Viago as, like, a dandy vampire, uh, and so he's probably a lot like uh like an Anne Rice like romantic uh kind of gothic romance vampire uh Deacon I'm still not entirely sure what kind of vampire he is besides just like a bad boy like uh, mid-century oh because he's only like 183 or something like that yeah he's so he's, he's the like youngest a, of like the four main ones before Nick rolls around yeah so he's like a you know uh 1800s vampire 1900s? I don't know. Uh, but, and then Vlad is obviously, like, a Dracula. Like, instead of Vlad the Impaler, he's Vlad the Poker. Uh, and he, yeah, he's, like, the traditional, like, <clears throat> castle with, he, his hairstyle at the ball is even, like, an old-timey Dracula hairstyle of, like, those two big poofs mm-hmm. for hair. Um, so, like, his is pretty, and then Nick is obviously, like, Twilight, like, the you know, modern, cool teenage vampire. Um, but he's, like, in his 30s, I think, so he's not even a teenager, but he's just, like, the cool guy. Um, so, like, it's interesting to see each of those types of vampires and how they all, like, live in a house together and feed differently. Like, Vlad's orgy in the beginning, when he's just, like, <laughs> floating on a wall in this, like, <laughs> negative space surrounded by women. <laughs> Very funny. And Viago's a sweet little dandy. I love that, Viago. That, uh, to your point, though, Matt, the way that uh, the movie starts with all of those character introductions is just, like, a perfect way to encapsulate what you just said in, yeah. like, with no dialogue. You know, it's all just, like, showing. And obviously, like, if you haven't, <clears throat> if you don't have the familiarity, you miss up, miss out on that. You miss out on, like, the, the context, but you understand yeah. that, like, each one of these is, like, a very different type of vampire. Um, so so it's, it's like, a fun nod for people who are aware of it. They get the, the other layer, and if you don't, it's just, like, really good character development. Um, yeah. Like, very quick and very early. So I think it's a good filmmaking technique um, on top of just being really funny, like, like you were saying. When, yeah. when you meet Vlad and you're just like, what the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> or when you meet Peter and it's just like, they pull the stone back, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I brought you a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess, 
actually, uh, Deacon is a very specific vampire. He's the Nazi vampire. He was a Nazi. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. And so he's, like, the, like, modern uh, terror version of, like, a vampire. But, like, that's... That's such a crazy that this movie, like Jojo Rabbit, does so many risky moves where you're like, "Oh, is this gonna pay off?" Okay, yeah, and it like somehow does seem like it like lands the joke of him being like, uh, "If you are Nazi after World War II, oh. if you are Nazi <laughs> vampire, no way." <laughs> and like, so like they acknowledge that like these are vampires, they murder people, and they have murdered people, and like. Now they're just living in New Zealand. So, like, it's this weird, like, you just have to pretend like it's okay that they are what they are. They like, just eat people and have killed in the past. I think it's very funny. Yeah. <clears throat> e. Um, I had, I have other notes. Oh, uh, I love the fashion show. Uh, that they have in that hallway, mm. uh, where they're just trying on all the different eras of clothing <laughs> that they have. Which, like, you see some of that uh, in the opening montage of them just, like, in the past, all hanging out and, like, wearing 70s clothing and every other era. Yeah. But, like, seeing Deacon in that, like, red jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> or Viago with that huge bow tie. <laughs> they're very, it's very cute. <laughs> Oh, Viago's so cute. He really is. Um, it was like the the long hallway in our apartment that you always wanted to do a fashion show for, and we never did. I know! Did. <laughs> oh, what a bummer. It would have been such a good fashion show. That hallway um, was stupid long. Yeah. Uh, it was a long journey we've been to the kitchen from my room. <laughs> from the cold tundra of your bedroom. <laughs> The to the far reaches, yeah. <laughs> Literally a doorway that should have been to outside that is instead to your room. Uh, we had spaghetti last night, and we've been having spaghetti a you lot. You had what? Recently in this house. Spaghetti. And what? because... Do you mean spaghetti? <laughs> no, because I was actually going to refer to boschetti. Which is in this movie. Which is another thing that's in the movie and not an outside reference to something not in this movie. Wait, was your spaghetti the little bears? Little cartoon bears? No. What? What? Don't you know? Isn't it? You're the one that showed it to me. It's like a. Yeah, it's a Tim and Eric Eric sketch. Yeah. There's too many. There's so many spaghetti. There's spaghetti, which is that Tim and Eric sketch with spaghetti, where he jumps out of the bush and goes, spaghetti, spaghetti. There's also that bear that Alyssa and Alex showed us. Okay, that's the one that uh, I'm From that old of. cartoon. Yeah. Somebody touch a my spaghetti. Oh. <laughs> and then they slowed it down so that it was too, uh, that one, I don't know the band, but it's like, somebody touch a my Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were talking about buschetti. Uh, buschetti. <laughs> uh, I say, uh, take a look at your buschetti. But we've been having a lot of spaghetti in this household. Uh, and we keep saying buschetti in the same way that Deacon does when he makes Nick 
eat worms. <laughs> he's like, and then I say, do you like your mascari? And when they look at it, it's worms. It's my uh, trick I play. <laughs> That's just a funny part. Mascari. And then his penis turns into a cobra. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't really have any other notes for this movie. The same. Well, great. This will be. This has been a great discussion about it. Um, <laughs> I, I would like love the, the to parts be on of this movie set. <laughs> the parts of this like conversation that have been about the movie, I feel, are fairly reasonable. Yeah. And the parts that haven't been about the movie have been very fun. <laughs> For some yeah. parties involved, <laughs> maybe not so much for you. <laughs> um, you said you had some notes, though. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about <clears throat> before we get to the uh, other categories? Mine are just mostly calling out things that I found funny, uh, like the werewolves in general. I think are a very funny thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, that Reese Darby, the leader of them, uh, keeps saying that he's the alpha and has, like, rules for his gang mm-hmm. to, like, no swearing and, like, wear your sweatpants so that when your legs expand, you don't rip your pants. Uh, but one of my favorite lines is when, at the end of the movie, when they're all leaving the undead party with Stu, and they run into the werewolves, and they're chaining themselves to trees, and he's like, what is that one, a twig? You're gonna break that right in half, find a, find a thicker tree. But then when the moon starts coming out, he looks at Stu, and he's like, that one in the bow tie's going first. <laughs> Uh, we got you guys. Got to get out of here. <laughs> but like calling out that like we're definitely gonna eat stew. You gotta get him out of here. Is I thought very funny. And then Stu uh, bridges the two of them. He's the he's the link. Yeah. He's the one who brings it all together. Well, Sweet stew. When they said that Stu had died, I was like, that's not how werewolves work. <laughs> so I'm very glad that we got that like cut to him waking up while they were trying to like put him into the ambulance and just like like i'm glad we got to actually see that that was i thought that was very funny there the werewolves were actually very scary when they were actual werewolves like because it was all that found footage from the camera yeah it was very scary to see them like pop out of the darkness or like run across really fast there were a couple of moments where like this movie is absolutely a comedy like no questions asked but there were a couple of moments that were like genuinely tense and frightening like when nick realizes that some weird shit is going on and he's like trying to escape the house and like like you said because it's mockumentary style and it's filmed in that like found footage and you're just like following him around mm-hmm. um like it was tense, but I also like that they cut the tension with just, like, really funny... Like, he would go down one corner and just see one of them floating, and he'd be like, ah! And then he'd, like, <laughs> run a different way. So, like, that was good. But, yeah, when the, like, the werewolf scene, when they're all, like, turning, uh, was like... I was like, oh, shit, this is actually, like, kind of scary. <laughs> and I was, like, yeah. watching it alone in my apartment with the lights turned off at, like, 10 p.m., and I was like, oh... Okay, Taika, I see you. <laughs> yeah. And one of the camera operators dies too, right? Like, yeah. he gets eaten also, mm-hmm. which is also, like, pretty bold, funny, scary moment. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like in uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous when the camera operator eats the shellfish. Mm-hmm. I need to watch to that movie again. Everybody oh, so needs good. to watch that movie always. <clears throat> um... Oh, I loved the little, like, crib-style torture chamber tour. <coughs> mm-hmm. Where, he, where oh. Vlad was like, this is my torture chamber. 
<laughs> just like shows you around all the weird chairs. He's like, I don't really use it anymore. <laughs> but then he does when he thinks about the beast. Mm-hmm. I leave me alone to do my dark bidding. <laughs> what are you bidding on? A table. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tattoos? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, nothing really jumped out at me. Yeah, because the vamp, it's vampire, so it's less specific than, yeah. The only thing would be fu- that would be funny would be, like, swear- werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> Just because that's a funny saying. That's so dumb. <laughs> You'd have to pick who's your favorite and then do something. I was going to say, yours. it would probably be something Viago related. You could do his little locket. Oh, that would be In the cute. middle of your chest with sizzle <laughs> marks coming off sizzle. of it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it looks like, like it's just actively burning me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the end of... The end of his story was really sweet. Yeah. Where he, yeah. like, finally got to, like, be with the person he loved. And she's so happy about she's it. So she's, like, happy. very content to be a vampire. And there's some good oh, that... age difference jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call I, me I... a cradle robber. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it would definitely be something Viago related. But I don't quite know what. I do the the locket with like the scorch marks would be silly, <laughs> just so silly. <laughs> oh. um, or maybe maybe that drawing of the beast that's just a potato. With yes. A dick in oh the shit! There we go. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I think the that's one the one right there. <laughs> Mystery solved. The beast. The beast. <laughs> yeah. That those drawings are so funny, but also like. I love the different, like, bats. I'd probably get, like, one of those bat faces that they show of just, like, the actual, like, scientific little, like... Oh. Yeah. You should get uh, Jermaine Clement's head on the cat. (laughs) Oh! My God! Yes. Oh, that scene. I forgot about that. Holy yeah, that's shit. the scene where yeah. Nick is running around, and then also Deacon <laughs> tries climbing out of a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. There's so many weird, like, trick photography moments of that scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, them... Jermaine's face on the cat, though. <laughs> that's it. That's definitely it. <laughs> <laughs> them, tr- like, f- transforming into anything was hilarious. Like, just the, the filmmaking of it. Like, when they would become a bat. <laughs> just like looked mm-hmm. so silly. <laughs> like every time I was just like, this is this is just absurd. <laughs> like not scary at all. Just very absurd. <laughs> yeah, when Deacon is like, I turned into a dog last night and I had sex. <laughs> <laughs> um uh. So yeah, I mean I think we all would happily spend time on this film set. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's not even a question. First of all, like 
just being in New Zealand sounds wonderful, like, on its own. Yep. And then just hanging yeah. out with, like, this group of people doing this silly shit. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it would also be interesting to watch Taika direct himself, um, just in a purely, like, uh, industrial, like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just to, like, see how, like, as a like, case behind study. the scenes way. Yeah, of, like, how did he direct this thing? Uh, and act in it in such a main role. Like, yeah. he's not a periphery character. Um, and he's not, like, the subject of the movie the way Boy has him, where he's, like, around, but he's not really the focus. Yeah. In this one, he's, like, basically the lead, because he introduces the movie and his story closes it out. So, like, yeah, I think just that would be interesting. But, yeah. Well, and also... The reason of all of them are so funny. They were... So, this movie was credited Taika and Jemaine co-directed it oh cool so i do i think it's i I do think what you were saying would be interesting but i would imagine like anytime taika was in a scene where jermaine wasn't in the scene i would imagine Mm -hmm. like it probably was like like that dynamic was a little different now it would be really interesting to watch like any scene where they're both together Mm -hmm. like what what would that look like that would be really fascinating but i also like it just probably, out of curiosity, would like to see either of them direct anything because they're both just like so fun and silly and goofy that like mm-hmm. <laughs> like what yeah. what are those? Because like at, at at the end of the day, like you do need to like film the movie. <laughs> like you can't right. just goof off all day, which it feels like they probably would do. Like obviously, I don't know either of them, but like it seems like they both would just like want to have a good time. So it'd be interesting to see like at what point does like having a good time stop so that we can, like, get the shot that we need or whatever. From what I've read, that is a good significant portion of Taika on the film set is, like, ribbing other actors and, like, (laughs) making everybody laugh. I do think... You guys have seen the one that was, like, from the hunt... It's a picture from the Hunt for the Wilder People set where there's, like, steam coming out of a pipe and he's bent over (laughs) pretending it's farting. (laughs) (laughs) To where there's no question in my mind that I would want to be on any one of his sets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a great picture. And I think he's giving a thumbs up, too. Of course he is. <laughs> I've done a similar uh, thing um, at. Uh, of course you have. <laughs> at um, this is gonna be very dark, but at cemeteries they have little like spigots for filling up like a watering can, but they don't drip; they shoot out horizontally. And so there's like a video <laughs> my sisters took of me doing that in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Can you see, like, gravestones in the background? Because so it's, like, it very in. obvious where I'm you like, are. <laughs> I'm, like, 20 to 30 feet away, and so that's, like, a zoom in on me spraying water from my bottle. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if if you couldn't tell where you were, it would be like, oh, yeah, that's just a silly thing that you did. <laughs> the fact that you can very clearly tell that you were in a cemetery just really escalates the situation. <laughs> it's like a second home, you know? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about something else. Oh boy. Uh, So this movie, unsurprisingly, was not nominated for anything. Oh, I thought it won Best Picture. (laughs) Best Foreign Language (laughs) Film. 
Uh, I would say so. Here's the here are the nominees for best original screenplay that year. Birdman, Boyhood, Foxcatcher, Grand oh, Budapest Boyhood Hotel. Boyhood should be gone and replaced Night with this. <laughs> I would argue that? Foxcatcher. What's Foxcatcher? Sorry uh, for the ambulance. It's all good. Um, Foxcatcher is an extremely mediocre movie about... Uh, who? I don't even remember the character. It, like It's based on a... DuPont... Uh, Yes, yeah, the wrestling. Um, Steve Carell plays this, like, wrestling coach. Oh, and yeah. Channing Tatum's in it, and Mark Ruffalo's in it. I never saw it. And it's it. just, like, yeah. it's not a good movie. It's just, like, a bummer movie about a real event, and it, isn't that, like, exciting or fun to watch? So you're just like, oh, God, this is sad. It starts with, it starts, like, the first ten minutes of Channing Tatum playing an, a gold medal winning Olympian. Just, like, eating cereal in a dark apartment and going to an elementary school and being like, yeah, I won the gold medal. Does anyone have any questions? And you're like, oh, my God. I don't want to watch a movie about the time after success. This is the worst nightmare to watch him, like, eat cereal in the dark next to gold medals. It was so depressing. That movie sucks. That movie is bleak. And also, it's just, like, not... Like it's 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 purely like an acting showcase. Like Mark yeah. Ruffalo, Channing Tatum, and Steve Carell were all fantastic in that movie, but that's literally the only noteworthy thing about that movie. Like it doesn't Got look it. that good. I don't think the script was that good. Like they were like it literally was just like let's see let's get these people in a room and act. So I just stopped listening after <laughs> Boyhood. I I know you did. <laughs> you, you made it pretty clear. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's fine. I think <clears throat> I could maybe see like an argument for like production design as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or and or costuming. Either one of those, I think. Because um, I think like the the house that they live in feels so perfect for like a group of vampires who have been around for literally hundreds of years. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just yeah. it seems exactly like what they would live in. Um, just the stacks of bloody cups and dishes for five years <laughs> that haven't been washed in five years. And, like, the stains on the walls from, like... Yeah, uh, like, the like the wallpaper all just, like, looks really grody. And it just, like, it's, uh, just seems like a foul place to live. And especially because it's just, like, dudes living in the house. So it's just, like, dudes who already make a mess and then won't clean that mess because yeah. it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh man! Did we have anything else to ch- chat about? I don't think so. I mean, did we want to talk about what we've been up to? Well, before that, I wanted to to. I think I texted you guys Ooh. that I wanted to propose a. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot question. about this. So I have found that a lot of comedies, in particular, age terribly. I don't know if you guys would agree. Uh, and I, like, the conclusion that I came to is that comedies are a greater reflection on the time period they're, they were filmed, because it's based on what an audience, they think an audience will laugh at. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess the main one is, like, the way, is relevant to this, because this is a comedy. But this one, I think, would age well. If anything, it would just become maybe less relevant when you don't have, like, vampire stuff coming at you. Like, if Twilight mm-hmm. wasn't 
was like 20 years previous it might not ring as true but the comedy is still there and so i was just interested if you Mm -hmm. guys had any thoughts on that topic or potentially how it relates to this movie that's it yeah i think that's a great question uh i think yeah the fact that like deacon is a nazi and that they meet those two little girl vampires and they're like what are you up to tonight are you gonna kill a couple of pedophiles and they're like uh-huh yeah we're gonna kill a couple perverts and so like there's all already stuff that's like ugh, like kind of taboo topics but they're already handled in a way of like clearly it's okay that these pedophiles are gonna get killed by these vampire girls and like clearly being a Nazi is not good, but also these are vampires that murder everybody, and have lived through eras like, one after the other, and so naturally will probably end up on the wrong side of history at a few points. And so, like, that kind of stuff is, like, I think, handled in a way already that the joke is that it's ridiculous and that it's bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think there are too many jokes that were, like, uh, oh, I mean, for one... Uh, when the werewolf calls uh, Viago Count Fagula, they immediately have a discussion where they're like, that's not an okay word. You can't call him that. And they're like, hey, don't swear. So, like, even then they call attention to, like, that word isn't okay. Yeah. Um, And the context is never that it's, like, cool to use that word. So I think this one does age pretty well. Mm -hmm. But I agree. A lot of other ones don't. I mean, we talked about Drop Dead Gorgeous briefly. um, But that one there are parts that really don't age. Yeah. Even in the context of, like, this pretty dark comedy, there's still parts where, like, this probably doesn't do anything. This doesn't make me laugh, and it doesn't really feel like it meant anything. I don't remember anything about that movie except the tractor blowing up. (laughs) Which is okay. (laughs) That age is great. (laughs) But, yeah, no, part of it is, like, I don't know. Well, I know for a I've... fact that Tammy only smoked after a good tractor ride. <laughs> uh, she said the vibrations really helped her think. <laughs> that movie is so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, I just feel like Sorry. every time I've gone back and watched like a comedy from, like, I haven't watched Bridesmaids. I feel like that one might be okay. Just oh, uh, that one's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, like, the I think it's... only one I can really think of from, like, the last... From, like, the only, like, big comedy from, like, the last 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm, like, have a huge blind spot, which I probably do. I think a lot of the popular... Like, The Hangover really mm-hmm. doesn't age well. And, like, yeah. The Hangover 2 really doesn't age well. So, like, there are movies that I think... It's the big uh, ones. Hit a certain... Yeah, they yeah. hit a popularity mm-hmm. because they're speaking to the lowest common denominator, to be a very frank. Like, The Hangover is not talking to people that are interested in identity politics. So, it's not going to be great when it comes to topics like that. Yeah. And it's not going to age super well. But I think there are a lot of comedies that, like, uh, Jojo Rabbit was super successful. And mm-hmm. I think it exists in this in this kind of window of comedy that's, like, aware comedy, which I think Taika Waititi being a director of color and Mm -hmm. a Jewish man is aware of punching down and how cheap jokes can be and to try to find what, like, what is the humor that people like out of a joke like that and is it actually 
in the punching down or is it in the dynamics of like the surprise of like expecting you to say one thing and of course you say the wrong thing and that's what the funny thing is and I think Tyke is so good at that that he's able to kind of make those replacements and make you feel the same way mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I think a lot of major movies don't age well Road Trip doesn't age well, well American <clears throat> Pie really doesn't age well I was gonna well say either. I think that was like a whole <clears throat> like it was, so a couple things one that was like how you made comedies back then they were just like raunchy dude comedies that were like really popular when I was in high school or younger um, so it's like it's not terribly surprising that those movies haven't aged well because like realistically they probably were never fine but like at the right. time that I was introduced to them like I didn't really know any better necessarily so I was like oh yeah haha this is funny but like if I were to go back and watch most or any of them now it's I'd awful. be like oh yeah you like you just can't um, you can't not see how problematic all of that stuff is. Yeah. Um, but I also think the other thing I was going to say, I think that might be part of why you don't really see comedies being made anymore. Um, you know, I think like you, oh, you, I, you to Matt's really. point, yeah, to Matt's point, like comedies are to like the, like in order for it to be like a successful studio comedy, it does need to be like the lowest common denominator like the jokes have to be like pretty broad and so like in order to get that you're you're probably making you're you're probably making a lot of jokes that are not necessarily appropriate from one standpoint or another um so i think like that might be why they don't age very well um just by nature of like trying to get as many people to watch it as possible you just can't be like smart comedy Mm -hmm. which is what like stuff like this is like you have to be like in order to really appreciate how funny this movie is or how funny like other like satires are you do have to have like some level of like cultural awareness so that you can understand the joke that is being made and like those like to in order to be able to do that you can't hit that lowest common denominator. I so think I think that's why, like, stuff like this would age better because it is a little bit smarter. And, it, and, and just, it always is, like, thinking ahead um, in terms of, like, what it's trying to do. <clears throat> I was just going to add to that and say that I think that there's also a level of emotional intelligence that you need to have in order to, uh, like, like... A, appreciate the comedy in it and the one that came to mind with that is like some of because like you wouldn't have blockbuster comedies anymore but you'd have like uh indie or like offbeat ones and the one that came to mind is skeleton twins which is dark but you Mm -hmm. would not find that funny if you didn't have the emotional intelligence to realize that them joking about it is like all that they can do yeah and i Mm -hmm. think that would also could be a thing in the list of things you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I also don't mind having a longer conversation about this uh, and just digging into the concept of, like, what is comedy? Because I think it's... I think comedy is... The other thing is, like, we're finding ourselves kind of just, like, talking about parts we found funny in what we do in the shadows because there isn't a ton to say, like, what did I learn from this movie or like what moments did I find truly profound and beautiful because it is like the the emotion that it's hitting with you is just joy it's just like fun happy uh 
ridiculous uh, humor that you're able to laugh at. Um, but I think if we were, if it was an older comedy, then there would be a lot more elements to say like, and this I think raises questions about how are we talking about these kind of <clears throat> things. Um, and so I think to Taika's credit, this movie's only six years old yeah. and like it feels like it because it also exists in these ageless vampires that like are coming with their own eras like hang-ups and weird things it already feels like it's making fun of how outdated things can be the fact that deacon was a nazi is held in kind of this like yeah and there's shit in people's past that is not fun or like not good but like you be, you can become a different I mean this is a different case like he was a Nazi and it's hard to say like <laughs> you can grow from being a Nazi um, but I think like that's the humor of it is actually saying like turns out this guy has this past and like it's the it's as bad as it possibly could be and he's just hanging around as a vampire um, but I think like a lot of comedies do fall in that category but yeah like the movies I find funniest like I find Ladybird very, very, very funny. Um, and I think Booksmart is probably a good comparison of, like, a new movie that came out that... Uh, and actually, yeah, I think movies like Booksmart are already addressing what was previously not cool about that genre of movies in the past. Mm -hmm. And then actively not addressing them, but just writing away from that. And showing that there is still funny, there's still humor in teen sex comedies, but maybe it's a different kind of humor, and maybe it's a different kind of uh, surprise than you're expecting, and that's what you should be kind of hitting if you're going to be a comedy these days. Um, and I, I feel like Booksmart is one example. I'm sure that there are others that I'm forgetting that are like that. Um, but again, not a huge release, not an indie release. Like this is not, it was not expected to be. A blockbuster comedy when it came out right. and there was a lot of campaigning to be like go see this movie support this movie like it's funny and it's important and it's not a huge release so like give it your support yeah i think the the last one that i can think of that like was like a quote-unquote like major comedy it was probably game night from a few years ago i was thinking of that one too um because i know that there have been some like i think <clears throat> long shot Did the Charlize theron I, I, I don't know if you did. I saw it with Colin, but I, was that, I saw it with at least one of you. I don't know if both of you were there. It's a good ass movie. I've but definitely it's, it, yeah, it's, seen it, but I don't remember when or how. Maybe I saw um, it with you guys. I But yeah, I haven't seen that movie recently enough to like think too critically about it. But um, but in terms of like big studio comedies that like. The studio puts a lot of money into and also like it gets a wide release that you know makes a decent amount of money that's the last one that i can think of because i know long shot was the charlize theron seth rogan mm -hmm. one from a couple years ago or last year was like kind of in that same vein but it just it didn't really have like the cultural footprint that something like game night did could you say <laughs> that knives out was the most recent blockbuster comedy kind of Maybe. yeah i and I think that's why it's like a weird movie. Is because it's like, is this a comedy? Is this just a straight comedy? I think it has um, to be. Yeah, but it's packaged as something so differently, which again, maybe speaks to like even the comedies that are mainstream comedies aren't marketed like that necessarily. Mm -hmm. 
in order to like sneak past and get like the right audience to be like, mm. oh, you want to watch a movie about uh, like uh, a who done it? Well, it's going to be a comedy and it's going to be calling out specific things that are like politically relevant right now. And to say Knives Out is probably going to age pretty well. It's probably going to age even better than we expected it to because uh, it is addressing current right now issues um, that we're going to end up seeing the results of action against. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, yeah, we'll see We'll see the results of the, this era later. And I think that movie will be a, a, a photograph of this time. Um, of ending the way it does, which no spoilers for no, for Knives Out because we're not, that's not the movie we're talking about. But um, yeah, I think mainstream comedies have changed. I think Pineapple Express might have been the one that actually shifted mainstream comedies from sex humor to action comedies. Because I think since Pineapple Express, everybody wanted their action comedy. And if you look at, like, the last decade of, of comedic films, they're all, like, game night. They're all these, like, high-octane, uh, like, oh, the, the humor is that, like, we could die at any minute, but, like, we're the least suitable for this situation. Issa and Camille Nanjani's uh, movie, the... Love what Birds. is it? Lovebirds? <laughs> yeah. That's an action comedy. Like, they're all action comedies now. You... It's all about surviving. Would you also put the Fast and the Furious movies in that category? <laughs> no, because I think I'd probably just put them in the trash <laughs> directly. Well, ex- oh, well, I, I think here's what I'm going to say. Because I view them as a comedy. I think you might be right in that I think comedies split from dumb comedies to smart comedies in a different genre. So, like, an action comedy, a horror comedy like Cabin in the Woods. Uh, like All these, like, funny and something else. You can't just have only comedy, really. Or it's, it's humor that is that lowest common denominator humor, also packaged with, like, stuff that that... Uh, this is... I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But that lowest common denominator for, like, a Fast and the Furious movie. So it's, like, you get the same, like, unthought-through jokes with the same mindless action that means nothing. And explosions and and girls in bikinis. Yeah. And that's making the money that these comedies would have made if they were just sex comedies that hit the lowest common denominator. So now you're like, oh, but you're not getting those jokes. You're, You're not getting really any jokes. But you are getting the, like, dumb... Like, oh, sure, this is fun and mindless, and this is what I want out of a blockbuster. So I think there is something to say about that. I think Fast and the Furious probably has replaced that demographics, like, blockbuster. Um, And it's probably better. I will say, it's probably better that the Fast and the Furious movies are the things that, Mm -hmm. uh, that are coming out instead of more comedies like American Pie or... Uh, hangover or anything like that. Um, but also, my I haven't watched, I haven't watched Blazing Saddles all the way through. But ever, my ever no. Oh. But my household was watching Blazing Saddles, and that 
as shocking as it is, age is pretty okay because the point is about racism. The point is about calling attention to how ridiculous white uh, white people are uh, in any time period. Yeah. Um, And so that's another thing is like what are what are the comedies that have always been on the cutting edge and have always been calling into question things that we uh just take for granted or just allow to happen in our world and call attention to them and how ridiculous they are Mm -hmm. and those age i think pretty well mel brooks in general i think uh, ages pretty well in some degrees i'm sure there's jokes that don't um but stuff that was always just about like raunchiness or about like (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if you got to do this? I think those <laughs> age pretty poorly. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that's a great question, though. Thanks! Look at you. I think Bridesmaid actually does, uh, uh, I think it does age pretty well, because it is just about the relationships between these women. It's about yeah, female it's friendships, about, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's about feeling replaced and not feeling like you're as good as you could be for your friends, um, which I think is is not... I think that's the point, too. Is like, is the point of your movie something more accessible, or is the point of your movie how many dumb, lowbrow jokes <laughs> you can tell to get a joke through? Um, so something like any Adam Sandler movie doesn't age super well because a lot of them are punching down mm-hmm. i think some of them i think billy madison i haven't watched it in a long time but i think that one's like pretty funny throughout i'm sure there's stuff that doesn't age super well but in the most part it's just like this dumb overgrown child yeah. which is also maybe topical now because of all the p- people that live at home with their parents but uh <laughs> i think with stuff like like water boy or little nicky or a lot of these other like uh, like what is the what is the point of all this? Uh, I think those kind of movies are definitely few and far between these days. Right, for the better probably. Well, I think it's it's also like what kind of what you were saying, like how universal is what you're trying to do, right? Like mm-hmm. female friendship is a universal thing, like that that can age well because that's always going to be a thing that people deal with, right? And like similar to what you're saying with um, Blazing Saddles, like clearly racism is still a problem so like so like if your topic that you're trying to poke fun at is something that is like a like a universal experience that um you know everybody can relate to and is going to be around for a long time um then i think that also helps make the movie stand the test of time just because people like it's it's a certain thing that no matter when you're watching it no matter what cultural thing is happening out in the world at that moment you can still relate to whatever is happening on your screen you know um for for that hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is but yeah what are your thoughts Tierney? we've talked a lot but i know you you <laughs> brought up the question so oh, I did thought, you have a, a reason i thought i i, I, I explained that i think that most don't age well except for ones like bridesmaids i haven't seen blazing settles in a long long time um but it's mostly like any blockbuster comedy i don't even have a desire to watch and then huh. like some of the ones the comedies that like i would have watched as a kid 
uh, you go back and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> uh, and so that was, I was mostly just interested if you guys have similar thoughts or have thought about comedies in general. Because I do, I do agree. I, don't, I think in the context of this episode, Taika has, there's a joy and a love for all of his characters that mm-hmm. there's nothing like aggressive in them. And so I think that his comedies will age well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more like like the ones where it's like, let's just do this. And then it's like, this isn't funny. Yeah. yeah. A co-worker watched Ace Ventura the other day. And apparently, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but apparently that movie really doesn't age well. And like, I think there's like a main plot that we are all aware of that doesn't age well, but like yeah. in addition to those jokes, it was just like that was the humor at the time was to just punch down and make jokes that people would be like, "Oh yeah, that is a funny dumb thing that I don't have to experience and will uh make fun of instead of understanding better." Um yeah, it is weird cuz like I watched all of those movies, not all of, but, like, so many of those movies I watched at, like, a very formative age, you know, like, when I was, like, Mm -hmm. in late elementary school or middle school or high school when, like, I was forming who I am now, you know, at least in Mm -hmm. in some part. Um, So it's, like, I... I still go back to those movies occasionally. Like, I haven't seen Ace Ventura in years, but I do remember the last time I watched it was, like five-ish years ago it was on like some random movie channel so i watched it and so like it, it is weird to watch now because i i have the the nostalgic connection to it so like i still enjoy it on like that level but i also like am able to see like oh this is not great so it's like like i'm not i don't it's i'm not ready to like entirely cut those movies out of my life but they serve a very different purpose now than they did back then. So the, Which I think, like, on its own is still, is, like, is a problematic thing that I have to deal with, but, um, but yeah, like I said, they, I think they, they just serve a, a, a different purpose, which is more just, like, a, a nostalgia hit to, like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was 12 years old and thought this was funny, and now that I'm 32, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, that was, that was rough. So... The movie that, I guess, sparked this t- question for me was Ace Ventura Pet Detective, because I oh. <laughs> recently watched it and was like, oh. But the thing, like, in the sense that what you're saying, Colin, with that, like, nostalgia thing, is the thing that, like, as a kid, you find funny, or, like, his facial expressions and him being yeah, right. goofy, and it's this undercurrent of, like all of these terrible things that are for the adults. Yeah. And they're things that, like, as a kid, I never really picked up on. Uh, like, I didn't even get the ending of yeah, that right. movie. Uh, well, yeah, if you watch it when was... you're five years old, there's no way that you would, like, that you have the capacity to understand what's happening. But then, like, watching Jim Carrey's face move is entertaining to a child. But yeah, yeah. And that's the part where I was like, that speaks more to what the audience at the time would find funny mm-hmm. than here's what I like uh, any 
period piece made or like any contemporary piece made in the 90s that would say more about the people than like a movie that takes place in the 90s yeah yeah I think that makes sense uh to that point a movie that I very much enjoyed as a kid and I will say without having rewatched it in in probably 10 years that I think actually does hold up is Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo <laughs> I think it holds up only because the whole point of the movie is that all these different people uh, maybe it doesn't I don't know but the point is that like <laughs> instead of just having this like transactional like Gigolo relationship with any of the people that hire his services he actually cares about them as human beings and cares more about their comfort in life rather than like just having sex with them so like Amy Poehler, early role, one of her earliest roles, and she plays someone with Tourette syndrome, and she keeps like yelling things at people, and like no one knows how to quite react. So then, instead of making her feel like what she's doing is strange, he just starts like doing it with her at this baseball game, so that everybody will just chant with them all these like swear words and like other things, and she, at the end of the scene, is like much happier. And feels like, oh, like, this was a very nice date. And then they never have sex. Like, and it repeatedly is like, that's the theme of the movie. It's just like all these people who he doesn't have sex with, who he just gives, like, some time and some, like, empathy to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will re- I will probably rewatch that and see if it ages, because I'm sure there are jokes that are like, ugh. Um, but, like... For the most part, I think it is about how cruel people can be and how if you're just nice to people, they'll they'll feel comforted and happier. We'll see. Deuce Bigel Male Gigolo. Not expecting it to age well, but I think it might. Uh, European Gigolo, let me tell you right now, doesn't age well. It, it, never, I've only it seen, never landed. Never landed. <laughs> I watched it one time and I was like, this isn't terrible, but this is definitely not as good as the first one. And I think it lost a lot of its... Uh, direction i've never seen any um, of the gigolos i think male gigolo is funny there's a scene where rob schneider is hanging on one of those upside down like uh crunch ab- abdomen workout things where you like hang upside down and he can't get down so he grabs an aquarium and then drop like pulls the aquarium down i have seen and, that like, scene <laughs> swings off <laughs> just like again the visuals are the funny thing uh but like there's nothing else happening besides like uh, him hanging upside down and grabbing an aquarium. I can't believe I ended up talking about this movie. I'm so sorry. I was yeah, we that should... was not the movie. I don't know what movie I expected to come out of your mouth with that setup, but like I don't know. Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo was definitely not it. Also, just real real quick before we move on. Uh, I was gonna say we probably should. It's quite late. <laughs> yeah. Um Deuce Bigelow has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. I'm aware. That's why I think I brought it up. <laughs> that's, I'm curious to to hear your because like the people who gave that that score were adults who watched it at like when it came out so i'd be curious to hear what you think of it now as somebody who had the relationship to it when you were younger and somebody who has like grown as a person uh yeah we'll see i knew it it was universally (laughs) loathed when it came out which is i think why i brought it up uh i have not rewatched it though so there's a lot of jokes that i probably don't remember or a lot of handling that yeah. might not be quite as skillful as I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was a good convo. Thanks for bringing mm-hmm. it up, T. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we've been going for a while, so we'll make the last segment relatively quick. But um, does anybody have anything they want to share what they've been up to lately? Uh, I watched Good Time and enjoyed oh, yeah. seeing Edward Pattinson. Uh, <laughs> not as what's his face from Twilight. Uh, as Robert Cullen. As Robert Cullen. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember his last name, which is why I, I abandoned that joke halfway through. Um, I got you. <laughs> I finished that book of the girl who sails around the world. Interesting. Cool. Uh, she refers to her father as daddy, which is upsetting to me. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's my... <laughs> that's her book review? Yeah. Uh, and then I... You guys, I think, have all just seen the, the whole series, but I, last night, uh, like, suggested that my boyfriend watch the pilot of The Americans because yes. I really like that nice. show. And it, A, is a good pilot, and B, the... I'm not going to spoil anything, but the final, like, seasons, I don't know, I, it's rare for me to go back and look at a pilot, but the final seasons of that show are, like, you can pull everything from that pilot episode, which is, like, wow. really rare, but there's a lot yeah. that ends up happening, and, like, character issues are the same throughout like the development it was just i was like wow it's way better than i even thought and i thought it was great <laughs> yeah it's a really good pilot mm-hmm. um also it has that also, tusk like, needle drop so that tusk needle that show has a ton of incredible needle drops but that tusk one i remember being the first time i watched that pilot being like oh damn <laughs> like <laughs> also uh tyranny texted me last night and like we're not going to spoil anything but for those of you who are listening who have seen The Americans, she texted me and said, at one point in the pilot, uh, Matthew Reese's character, Philip, looks at a pair of cowboy boots longingly, and it's just... No, he puts them on. He tries them oh, on. Oh, he puts them does... on. That's right. Yeah, he tries them on. And does, like, a little <laughs> dance, and Paige is like, ew, stop. Oh, God bless, And I was just Philip. like, oh. my heart. <laughs> Our sweet, sweet... Oh. Soviet spy murderer (laughs) Philip. Oh, Philip. Anyway, that's that's about it for me. Just those two. Um, Been good weather. I haven't been outside. uh, Haven't been inside very much. Nice. Look at you. Um, I so my sister. I prefer my sister loves Disney, which I know is a controversial opinion for this podcast. Not for me. Right, but I mean... Right. For me. A third of this podcast is very, very anti-Disney. But anyway, my sister loves Disney, so for Christmas this year, I bought her uh, um, a book. uh, I think it's called The Queens of Animation, but it's about uh, women who worked at Disney or who were animators Mm. at Disney in like the early phases of the Disney studio. Mm. Um, I have not read it. I just saw the book and was like, oh, this seems like something my sister would enjoy. Uh, but anyway, so she has been reading the book and she wanted to, uh, do this thing where we rewatch all of the Disney animated films, like from the beginning. Um, and thanks to Disney plus that is significantly easier now than it has ever been. Um, so we've been doing that. We watch about like one or two a week. Um, so we started with Snow White and we're like working our way through chronologically. Um, and it's really interesting to just kind of see, like, you know, everybody's seen, like, some of the earlier, like, quote-unquote classics 
Um, but I haven't seen a lot of them since I was very young. Um, so it's been fun to go back and watch some of those. And also, it's been enlightening in not necessarily the best way <laughs> to watch some mm-hmm. of the early Disney uh, movies that are not woke. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> so. Yeah, Peter Pan, Dumbo. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to Peter Pan yet, but yeah, the... Uh, Get ready. Yeah, no, 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 I know. Yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> The crows in Dumbo, not a great look. (laughs) Not a great look. I have Um, no idea what you guys are talking about. I have seen neither uh, of those movies. So I'll just tell you that there's a group of five crows in Dumbo that are introduced towards the end of the movie. And the main crow, like the the leader of the group, um, is literally named Jim Crow. Oh. <laughs> wow! Was not aware of that name. Yeah. Oh my god! So, Jesus! How is Disney still have those out? Well, so they should like get rid of them. There's so there is a disclaimer on Disney Plus where it says like these movies uh, contain outdated cultural depictions, like basically the same situation that's happening with Gone with the Wind on HBO Max right now. Except Disney knew that this was a thing, and so they, like, preemptively put the disclaimer out there, as opposed to Warner Brothers just dropping Gone with the Wind and then being like, wait, this is bad? Let's take it from our service and we'll put up a thing. Anyway, uh, it's like I said, it's been interesting to watch those movies, a lot of those movies for the first time as an adult, and also see that Walt Disney was pretty, pretty shitty dude. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Fuck me. Yeah. So yeah, that's, we watched. That's fun. We wa- yeah, we watched Steamboat <laughs> Willie last night because we were wondering if it's uh, racist, and there's hints that there's some references what that are Steamboat probably Willie? not great. The it's first like, introduction of Mickey Mouse. Oh. Yeah. Um, and it's what they use as their like Disney Animated Studios logo now is Steamboat Willie whistling, um, because that was their first animated movie, really. Um, and I, and uh, there's nothing overt in Steamboat Willie, but like there's some sheet music for music that is traditionally, I believe, like Southern, uh, songs that came out of slavery. I think I, that's what I'm not even sure about, but like, um, in, in traditional, like minstrel shows too, they wore the same gloves that Bugs and Mickey and all these other animated characters wear. Um, so there's always been... Uh, weird references and uh, things used. Um, but outright, Steamboat Willie wasn't uh, overtly racist unless you like knew specific little things to, um, to know what you were seeing. As opposed to Jim Crow in Dumbo being a very overt specific racist caricature that yeah. is rough to watch. I will say, uh, to tie up that... Um there's a podcast out there called you must remember this. Um, and Mm -hmm. the woman who runs it, like the whole premise of the podcast is that she just does stories of like early Hollywood. And they're like, the way she describes it is like, um, they're either forgotten and, or like things that are pushed under the rug. (laughs) Um, and she had a whole, like she had a six episode series on song of the South. 
Um, which is, I mean, the movie itself is super problematic for all the reasons you've heard. Um, but the podcast is really interesting because there's a lot of stuff that I was unaware of. Is that a Disney movie? Um, so I would... It is, yeah. It's where Zippity Doodah came from, uh, but it's also a very racist movie. Yeah, it's... I haven't it's, seen uh, So you probably Most people would never... Have it. So Song of the South has never been released on home video. Mm. Um, it's only gotten a theatrical release several times over the course of history. Um, but the last time it was released theatrically was 1986. Um, so you, you would have had no possible way of seeing this movie and like you know it's bad that like disney is putting disclaimers out on some of their movies and they are just never ever ever going to release like they've said that song of the south will never be on disney plus like disclaimer or not they're just not going to put it out there um but anyway if you're interested in like any of that type of stuff that podcast is really fascinating um and like i said it's just like a six little six episode arc on that podcast where they just talk about yeah, it's also where Splash Mountain came from, right? Yeah, the I haven't what finished the final Mountain? episode, but the, oh god, <laughs> oh yeah, forget it. <laughs> You're talking to someone uh, who has seen what did we figure out? Seventeen percent of Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. Splash Unreal. Mountain is is a ride at Disney World in Disneyland. Okay. Featured um, in any episode of any TV show where they go to Disney World or Disneyland, and at for any point are in the park, Splash Mountain makes <laughs> an appearance just to get somebody wet. Yes. Yeah, it oh. just gets people wet. But there's a rabbit and a bear that. Yeah, there have been a lot of there have been a lot of proposals on on Splash Mountain. So probably yes, just to get people wet. Oh man. Um, I I finished Infinite Jest. I'm all done. I've been done for like two weeks. Would you read uh, it again? I, I probably will eventually. Uh, it that would it is uh. A, I will. I already read the first chapter again. <laughs> it just—it's a thousand pages, so I'm not doing it right away. But it—it it is a book that immediately makes you want to, because I read the first chapter again and was like, "Oh, I understood none of this the first time around." But now everything's been unlocked, where I understand references to other things that were like mentioned one time later in the book. Um, it's an—it's an incredible. Uh, feet of a book um and it's got some real problematic shit in there too um which i don't think uh adds anything but i finished it it's done uh i started playing the last of us yeah hell yes hell yes and uh, the goal is to just power through the last of us so i can play last of us 2 and be up up and caught up with everybody else uh but my friend kyle who's been referenced several times in this podcast uh was like I know I just encouraged you to finish Infinite Jest, but dude, you gotta get on Last of Us so that we can talk about this one instead. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna be working on that, and uh, we all finished Insecure. That's something we all mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Uh, and God, what a great show! That I just love Insecure so much. Is woof. Oh, we're not gonna spoil. We're not gonna spoil because it's it, like that ending is only like a week-ish old. Granted, it'll be older by the time this episode. But co- also, comes I would up, never want to like, take that away from somebody. Yeah. I literally, I texted you guys, because you guys have both watched it before I did, and I texted you guys after I finished watching it, and I just said, holy shit, and then my jaw literally dropped, which is exactly what happened when I was watching that episode. I was just like... I said out, oh. I just, <laughs> I yelled out loud a one of their names. I just said it out loud, <laughs> which 
my experience of watching Insecure was laughing loudly out loud in my room, just like, <laughs> and also just saying people's names when they did stuff that I wasn't super cool with. Like, anytime Molly would have a problem in the relationship that I was like, just let it go, I'd be like, Molly, stop. <laughs> Molly, please stop. Oh, God, Molly. Um, or or anytime Issa did anything, I'd just go, Issa. Uh, which was very fun. I just, season three and season four, I wasn't caught up on, um, and then binged both of them in a two-day period. And, God, it's just so good. It's so good. Everyone should watch Insecure. It's so good. I st- I, that show's fantastic. My reaction to the end was looking at the TV and just going, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so heavily invested. It was like it personally happened to me. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is like that show to this point has never really been like a cliffhangery show. No. Like every season ends and you're kind of like, "Oh, okay. Like I'm curious to see what happens next, but it's not like a traditional season ender like with like friends like where every single season ends on some like massive cliffhanger and you have to wait however long for it to come back this show has always been like fairly low stakes um and this was the first time where there actually was like an oh shit how are they going to tie like what is this going to look like how are they going to resolve this um so i'm really really fascinated to see like what season five of insecure looks like and I'm super bummed that because of COVID, we're probably going to have oh. to wait. Like, we already have uh. to wait an annoying amount of time between seasons of Insecure. But, like, because of COVID, we're going to now have to wait longer for season five of Insecure. And I'm so upset about it because that show is fantastic and I need to yeah. know what happens. <laughs> Damn. I didn't even think every show that we love, but mostly Insecure. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's all. That's all I've been up to. Bless. All right. Well. Oh. And oh. we watched Wreck-It Ralph, and Wreck-It Ralph is great. I God, love Wreck-It Ralph. It's fantastic. Yeah. 10 out of 10, 100% movie. Uh, that's all. <laughs> 10 out of 10, would watch again, have watched several times, and never <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I that today. That movie's really good. Love it. Yeah. Uh, what, what are we watching next? Have we decided? Uh, it's mine, but I forget which movie I picked. Okay, well... Well, we'll, we'll figure back, it out. Yeah, I was going to say, come back next week and you'll listen to whatever we ended up talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm finished.